This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. You are listening to On The Daily, the Rotoviz Daily Fantasy Sports Podcast, powered by Rotoviz Radio. Hello, and welcome to On The Daily, a daily fantasy sports podcast brought to you by my bookie and Untuck It. My name is Matt LaMarca. You can find me on Twitter at Matt LaMarca, and I'm joined, as always, by my co-host, Matt Jones, who you can find on Twitter at MattJonesTFR. Matt, how's everything going? Good. I'm, uh, I'm a little under the weather, so I apologize to uh, all four of our listeners that uh, I don't sound... You know, I don't have the uh, the golden pipes going right now. I but... think we're up to at least twelve now. All right, all right. Well, we didn't fill the listener league, so I was uh, I was on full tilt on Sunday. <laughs> um, but had a, other than that, had a had an excellent week actually. So uh, I am uh, I think I'm on like a three week like just smash streak right now. So I'm uh, I'm thrilled. I'm ready to uh, keep seeing that DK balance go up. Yeah, I got pantsed by you in our head-to-head contest, but <laughs> I actually had a decent week as well. I uh, I cashed in the spy, so come see me, Pete Overzet. I just stay out oh, here. Oh, samesies. I did I too. I stay out here cashing the spy with my uh, my Josh Allen to Dawson Knox stack. There you go. Easy uh, game. Before we get on to this week, let's talk about Rotovis Patreon. Uh, there, We're rolling towards the fantasy playoffs. And Rotoviz Patreon is here to help gain exclusive access to the Rotoviz Radio Slack channel, where you can ask questions and gain league-winning advice from many of the podcast and writing team. Get ready for the playoffs. Become a Rotoviz Radio patron today to join an exclusive community of listeners, access premium content, and do your part in helping the network to grow and continue to produce high-quality industry-leading programming. Once again, patreon.com slash Rotoviz Radio. And speaking of exclusives... As a loyal podcast listener, you can get a 10% discount off a Rotoviz NFL pass right now. If you haven't already signed up, uh, what are you waiting for? Just head over to rotoviz.com slash podcast. Get yourself a 10% discount. Get ready for the playoff push and gain unlimited access to all of the NFL content and tools. So you get an amazing value and support the podcast network. Once again, rotoviz.com slash podcast. Okay, quick week 11 recap. Uh, you mentioned the listener league, didn't fill. Uh, you put a note here, we're not mad, we're just disappointed. <laughs> that was always ah. the worst. My mom was the master of playing that card. And I <laughs> was the worst at like seeing through it. You know, like If she hit me with that line, I was on my best behavior for like the next week. Just <laughs> trying to do everything possible to get back in her good graces. <laughs> Also, you mentioned uh, the head-to-head beat me again. What does that bring the record to now? Four and one, or is it three? Uh, Pretty. I think you're. I think it's yeah, it four be, and one now. Might be we'll, four and one. Yeah, we'll look back through the standings. Anyway, you're the best. I'm the worst. Uh, <laughs> I've got just a short period of time here to try and turn this thing around. Uh, but if I don't, that's okay. I'll be making a donation to uh, to St. Jude's, which. If I am going to lose to you, that's the only silver lining. So yeah, and uh, and honestly, I mean, you were what'd you put up? Like almost one fifty, right? Uh, I think this like, week my lineup wasn't particularly good. Yeah, but like I I was in plenty of head to heads this past week that people had like in the one like t one hundred twelve one hundred fifteen like there was there were some people that relied on some real thin plays. And then didn't use the extra money to like get up to the right place. So um, you you had a couple of bad breaks. Like I don't know. I I don't think it was. I don't yeah. think your lineup was bad at all. In retrospect, Nick Boyle, very bad play. 
I played uh, him I, in the spy <laughs> I <laughs> with, just, with Lamar. <laughs> I could have just given up, you know, the couple extra hundred bucks to get up to Ryan Griffin, who smashed. And you didn't overthink it. You just kind of you jammed in McCaffrey. You jammed in Michael Thomas. Easy game. You know, yeah, I you got to do it. I, I went with Julio, which uh, didn't work out. So anyway, I'm going to I I feel good about this week. I, I feel like I'm going to make a, a little bit of a late season push here. Although I All did right. say the same thing last year. And uh, it never happened. (laughs) You know, you got to stay positive. All right, let's talk quarterbacks. Uh, Interesting week at QB this uh, this week. Like a lot of the usual top options are not available. No Lamar Jackson, no Patrick Mahomes. So the highest priced quarterback is Russell Wilson. But the two guys that stand out as sort of like the 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 quote unquote chalk for this week are going to be Matt Ryan and Jameis Winston. They are squaring off against each other. Both defenses have been pretty dreadful this season, although Atlanta is like suddenly good all of a sudden. So do you have a, a feel on, on either of these guys? Do you think that there are cash options, tournament options? Like, What's your thoughts on this game? Because I think that how you attack this game in particular is going to have a big impact on your results this week. Yeah, I think... Um... I think for me, Winston is probably locked into my cash lineup. I don't really see myself coming off of him. He's had, um, obviously, just like you, if you watch the guy when you roster him, like you're going to have an ulcer, but um, <laughs> it's like, it's it's super bad. The volume bad, but is sick. It's insane. He's had, he's only had two games um, where he's thrown less than 35, 35 times. Like that's that's absurd, and even then he was still over twenty five. So like you're never you're never getting you know an eighteen pass attempt performance like you could get from a Lamar Jackson or a Russell Wilson. You're just never gonna get that. And to be totally honest, if if you look over the last couple of weeks, he's actually uh, he's actually shown a little bit of uh, of some rushing upside. He had. He's had over 20 rushing yards in three of the last four weeks and a 40-yard game, a 53-yard game, which isn't something he's necessarily uh, known for. So you don't have to rely on that because the pass volume's there. But if he could just throw like two picks this week, um, (laughs) that would be be super. And if he could throw for like three touchdowns and he's hit the 300-yard bonus in all but two games, three games? Yeah, all but two. Oh, no, three. Yeah, sorry. All but three so, games this year. yeah, just like I feel like 6,200 is too cheap. Um, there's definitely other options that I want to play in GPPs, but I think Winston's the guy in cash this week. What about you? Yeah. So first, I would just like to shout out Jameis Winston. He had me a little bit nervous. Uh, me and my podcast partner, Kyle Dvorak from the Lang the Points show, hammered Jameis Winston to lead the league in picks this season. Like it was like our most confident bet that we put out in the whole year and he got off to a uh, a little bit of a slow start in the pick department but he's really come alive in these last couple of games four picks two picks zero two picks and five picks that a boy Jameis the old golden sombrero <laughs> you know like just a true a true heartwarming story of a guy overcoming all adversity <laughs> to continue to throw just an obscene amount of picks every single week. So yeah. shout out to Jameis. Uh, I, I will say that I probably prefer Matt Ryan in this game. I'm not saying that I buy the Atlanta defense, but I'm at least questioning that they might be a, a capable unit at this point. I, I have no such concerns about Tampa Bay. Yeah. And, you know, as much as we talk about the volume with Winston, the volume with with Ryan is almost as good. Like, I know that he didn't, necessarily throw the ball a ton last week he only had 31 attempts but they they throttled the Panthers and he still put up over 300 yards so right I like the uh I, I like the volume there and I think that he's just a touch safer than Jameis especially considering their running back situation at the at the moment like they have no running game at all they just have to lean on on Ryan and I think in this matchup he has just tremendous upside i mean have they played yet this year they have not but the last time he faced tampa bay he went for over 33 last season so i'm not sure how predictive that is like 
obviously these are two completely different teams, but uh, I just think Ryan, both guys are fine, right? But if yeah, I have the extra money, I want to get up to Matt Ryan. Right, and it's a, it's the highest total on the main slate, and it's not like, <clears throat> it's not a crazy spread. Like, it's four points right now, so, right. um, you know, you would imagine that it would be somewhat competitive, which would hopefully mean good things for both of these uh, quarterbacks, at least. Um, what about uh, what about Wilson? Obviously, we're 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 leaning towards these other two guys in cash. Uh, would you consider paying up for Wilson? I mean, it's only one hundred dollars more than Ryan. Um, and then if not, like, how are you dealing with him in GPPs? Yeah, I think Wilson's going to be a fade for me. Like, I love Russell Wilson. He is, for my money, the best quarterback in football. Um, he just doesn't have the the same volume that these other guys possess. Like, yes, he is a little bit more capable of giving you some some value with his legs. Yeah, like he had 53 yards last week. But if Seattle has their their way in a particular game, Wilson's never going to have a, have to throw the ball more than, you know, 30 times or so. Right. Um, and that you can see that in his game log, he's gone for 20 DK points or less in three of the past four games. Now, he did have a 40 burger sprinkled in there, but that's the type of game script that you want to target him, you know, up tempo against a really bad defense like Tampa Bay. I don't think that this Eagles team really qualifies as such a matchup. So I'll be off Wilson. I get that, you know, with his rushing upside, he probably does have you know, the highest ceiling on the slate or close to the highest ceiling on the slate, but I'm okay with fading him in this matchup. Um, yeah, I, I don't know. I, I'm, I'm having a hard time. Like they've, they've faced like what the corpse of Tom Brady and Mitchell Trubisky the last two weeks. So like <laughs> these, these numbers are, uh, are trending down, but I don't know if that's necessarily a function of uh, Philly's defense or not like they let uh, Josh Allen Dak and Kirk in the three games leading up to that go over 20 and Kirk Cousins even put up over 30 so um, the problem like you said with Wilson is he has this weird scoring distribution where he has four no five games under 16 and a half DraftKings points and then four games uh five games like over 27 points so there's this huge gap in the middle where he's like he's a QB2 or he's like a top three QB and there's not really much in the middle um again this is not like a this is not like an NFL take this is strictly uh strictly for DFS purposes like I think he's you could definitely make the argument that he's up there for MVP um so don't don't say that to matt friedman you know i'm not despair i mean it's definitely lamar jackson but you you if there's somebody else you want to talk about it would have to be wilson um but yeah so i i don't know i just i'm not i'm not gonna outright fade him but i'm not like making sure that i figure out how to get him into my lineups like i've only been building three lineups a week lately and there's a chance he doesn't end up in there um i think a lot of it depends on if I feel comfortable, uh, how I feel comfortable stacking him, basically. Yeah, fair point. All right, let's talk uh, some more under the radar plays for GPPs. Who do you got for me? Oh man, um, I mean, speaking of the corpse of Tom Brady, uh, he's got nobody to throw to, but we have a very nice value play to talk about at wide receiver. So if uh, if we're gonna if we're gonna stack that up, we could do whatever the hell else we want. Um, through the rest of our lineup. I think Josh Allen is going to go um, under-owned. He's 6,400. He's kind of in like a weird, um, you know, in, in a weird place between Ryan and Winston. You have Breeze right. in there too, who's going to suck some ownership away from him. Um, so I, I am curious to see what what ownership projections sort of have him as. I feel like he'll be under five, um, give or take. Outside of that, I don't know. Like, are you... Are you interested in Dak or are you going to yes. Baker? Like, all I right, think hit the, me. I think the Dak is too cheap at 6K. Yeah. Um, you know, like we have a metric at Fantasy Labs called bargain rating. Basically, it compares your DK salary to your FanDuel salary. And Dak has a bargain rating of 97% right now on DraftKings. So 6K is just too cheap for him. I get that it's a brutal matchup, but 
New England has looked a little bit more beatable as of late. I mean, Lamar Jackson ran all over them. Uh, I get that that's like a different kind of offense than what Dallas is known for, but I do think that Dak right now, like if there is a dark horse MVP candidate, it's probably him, right? You know, oh, like yeah, for sure. He's been fantastic this year. So I think that he's in play. Uh, Josh Allen's an interesting one to me. Like you're definitely spot on with the ownership. Nobody's going to play him this week. And he always has huge upside as a runner. Like I'm pretty sure he leads all quarterbacks in rushing touchdowns this year. Uh, he's got seven on the, on the season. So he's always a threat to punch one in. The matchup is awful, but you know, 6,400 for him. He can always give you a ceiling game. I think my favorite GPP quarterback and you can you can call me a homer or whatever, but I'm going to play some Sam Darnold this week at 5,800. They've looked better with uh, Beecham back on the offensive line. And Darnold, uh, you know, shredded Washington last week. Granted, they're the Redskins, but Oakland's defense is not much better. Uh, grading out is one of the best matchups in the in the database right now at Fantasy Lab. So I think that Sam Darnold could be a uh, an interesting contrarian play as a home underdog here against the Raiders. I like it. All right, before we move on, let's take a quick minute to talk about our friends at Untuck It. Have you ever seen an untucked button down? They look awful. Why? Because they weren't meant to be worn that way. Thankfully, there's Untuck It, the original button down shirt actually designed to be worn untucked. No matter your size or shape, Untuck It shirts always fall at the perfect untucked length. And with the holidays near, there's no better gift for your favorite guy who needs an upgrade. Uh, seriously, I love these shirts. I go out, uh, you know, to bars occasionally. And when I do, I want to look sharp. You know, I want to dress up. I want to put on a nice collared shirt. But I don't want to tuck it in. And up until Untuck It, that was always a problem for me. If you wear just a regular button-down collared shirt and you don't tuck it in, it's too long. Untuck It is perfect if you're looking to dress up but keep that casual look. And the best part about Untuck It, they have more than 50 fit combinations. They look great on tall guys, short guys, slim guys, guys of all builds and ages. I mean, shopping for shirts is not easy for me. I'm a pretty big dude, but I can go online and have one designed to fit me perfectly. You could choose your material. You could choose your own color options. And if you don't like to shop online, check out one of their 80 brick and mortar stores. With Untuck It, your shirts will never look baggy, never look bulgy, too long, or too big again. Their website is easy to use. They have a whole page devoted just to helping you find your perfect fit. So whether you're shopping for the perfect holiday gift or just trying to craft a smart, relaxed style of your own, Untuck It is the way to go. Visit UntuckIt.com and use promo code BLUE for 20% off at checkout. That's UntuckIt.com, promo code BLUE for 20% off. All right, moving on to the running back position. Christian McCaffrey, still at the top, 10500 Uh, But he was only 45% owned last week in the $25 single-entry double-up. I say 45% owned because that feels thin for him. <laughs> he was yeah, uh, the same offense uh, as Kyle Allen, who was dreadful last week. 4.5 QBR. So McCaffrey put up 32, 33 DraftKings points without scoring a touchdown, and with his quarterback literally, like, just vomiting all over himself at any time he tried to do anything. Yeah, so, just every bodily function. <laughs> is there any reason, Is like, is there any reason at all to consider fading him against New Orleans? Like, it's a tough matchup on paper, but I've been joking that, like, his floor game is 30 DraftKings points, and... It really is. Like, last week was a floor game for him. They scored three points as an offense, right? It was, like, 29 <laughs> to three or something. Yeah. Like, yeah. To, to even put up, like, it, if he would have put up, like, 19 points, I would have been impressed when your team only scores three points. Like, it's just completely absurd. Like, I, I said it last week. I know that there's going to be a game at some point this season that he – doesn't pay off salary. It just, it has to, mathematically. I'm just not sure what's the formula for that to happen. Because we've seen that if they're competitive, he's going to be involved as a runner, involved as a passer, and score. 
if the offense is getting shut down, he's going to feast in garbage time as a receiver. Yeah. And, and if especially, the offense is ahead, he's going to right. just pound the rock. So I don't yeah. know what the formula is for him to to get shut out. No, I, and I mean, if he stays at 10-5, which it seems to me like they're not really going to push him any higher than that. Um, if he stays at 10-5, the only way that he'll kill you is if people actually just realize that you're supposed to be jamming him in and he, you know, you have him at 65, 70% and he, and he like scores 20 or 22. And then you're kind of, you're a little bit behind, but just getting raw points into your lineup is way more important to me at this point than trying to be cute. And last week going down to like Dalvin cook or something like there, it just, there's enough value every single week between the defenses going to 1500 or if you find a cheap tight end that you like, like there's ways to get there. So I'm not going to fade him. I, I don't really understand how you how you can sit there and tell yourself that it's a good idea. Um, you know, I, like I said, I'll probably look stupid like one week from now until the end of the season, and it, it might cost me. But I think overall, you're you're paying for a ridiculous floor, and it's. Like, I don't want to hear any victory laps if he does, like, bust one week after the the, the role that he's on. That's all I'm going to say. Well, I'll tell you why he's probably going to be under-owned again. And it's because people are going to talk themselves into Alvin Kamara. Right. And Kamara is a good play. I'm not taking away from Kamara. But people are going to say, well, he's a similar type player to McCaffrey. He has the better individual matchup. And he's $2,300 less. But Kamara is not the same player. Like, he he may have similar upside, but his floor is drastically lower than McCaffrey. So I think it would be a mistake to pivot from McCaffrey to Kamara for cash games. Uh, I think you could play both together, for sure. That's a viable strategy. But, like, to me, just not having McCaffrey in your, in your cash game teams is a mistake at this point. So, uh, Jones, do you feel similarly on Kamara, like, uh, I know Matt Friedman has him as like the top running back play of the week. So am I uh, shortchanging him or are you kind of in the same boat? Um, no, I, I'm definitely I'm toying around with lineups, trying to get both of them in. Um, like you said, there is definitely there's definitely that argument to be made because he can have a game where, you know, he ends up only having like seven or eight carries. Um, but he's likely to see those nine or 10 targets. So that's like, that's kind of the trade-off. Like you don't really have, you, you sort of don't have that problem most weeks with McCaffrey, but two of the last four weeks, he did only have 14 rushing attempts. Um, so there, there's, there's kind of a back and forth there. Um, I think if you can do it, you should figure out a way to get, uh, get both of them in cash and, you know, pick a pick a cheaper running back that you like in the flex and uh, find a couple values at wide receiver. That's kind of that's kind of the plan right now for me. The one thing with Kamara is that, like, even though the receiving volume has been there, you know, 10 targets each of the past two weeks, he just doesn't seem to be as efficient of a receiver as McCaffrey is. Like he had 10 catches last last week for 47 yards. McCaffrey had uh four uh, 11 catches but he turned it into 121 yards like right. he just seems to be a little bit more efficient as a as a pass catcher than Kamara so even though the volume might be the same I still think that Makara's um <laughs> Makara that's a hybrid of both of them <laughs> McCaffrey is just the the better option right I think that's fair all right in the mid tier anybody standing out to you this week um, yeah, I mean, there's, there's a few guys, I guess it, it kind of depends on our, uh, where we're drawing the lines here. I think people are going to be drawn to Derrick Henry, um, at 6,900. I, I don't know, like, I never feel comfortable playing that dude on DraftKings. Like he's gonna, he's gonna have one of these games where he, you know, breaks off the, a couple of huge runs. Yeah, um, it's called last he, week. <laughs> right but he I mean he hasn't had like I'm willing to lose to that because he had two targets and he they only ran 52 plays he was on the field for about two-thirds of the snaps like I don't know man like I, I just feel like it's thin like when when he's not 
when he's not scoring, like a few weeks ago, I, I know Tampa's a tougher matchup or whatever. Not that I I I really couldn't care any less about like defensive matchups, but um, you know, he he had eight points. Like and some people on on the Twitter in the Twitterverse here are like anointing this dude as like the lock of the century. Um and I just he'll he'll definitely have these ceiling weeks. Yes. Um, but if you're relying on on 50 yard touchdown runs and touchdowns in general, uh, I think you're going to be disappointed more often than not. Um, Carson, I think, will probably be popular, too. Um, I could see going there in doing like a, you know, just like a full Seattle, um, just like kind of onslaught deal there. Um, a little bit cheaper. Like, are, I don't know. Are we going back to Sanders or Hill? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, what could possibly go wrong? <laughs> I don't know. Like, I feel like Sanders ran ran pretty poorly. Um, I, mean, I mean, so was, did Hill. Hill had 15 carries and three targets. Yeah, but I I don't know. I think Hill might be might not be good at football in general. I don't care. I like that um, volume at 4,900. Yeah. Oh, I don't know. I, I think... I think it's pro- they're probably both pretty thin. Like you're gonna have to figure out a way to you're gonna really have to spend that extra money wisely to make up for it. Because I do think, I mean, we saw it. Like their floors are low, so um, you do have to kind of be careful uh, with that. Uh, what the hell are we doing with with the Detroit backfield? Are are you are you spending any energy trying to figure that out? Because I know, like, people are picking up Scarborough and they're season long. Like, I don't know. I want to like Scarborough because he's 4,200 and he obviously had not like, you know, not carry on's workload or anything stupid, but he he got some red zone carries. Like, he got some work. I don't know. Yeah. Both Scarborough to me is Derrick Henry, but like a less talented version playing for a worse team with Jeff Driscoll at quarterback. Whoa, whoa, we're not, we're not, we're not going to disparage I'm in, I'm Jeff Driscoll on this program. I am in the business of slandering <laughs> Jeff Driscoll. Uh, you're like, you want to talk about a running back with no pass catching upside. There's your guy, you know, Bo Scarborough yeah, is your guy. He's, he's $2,700 cheaper than Henry. I, under, I understand. I'm just saying that. No, I know. I get you. Like he ended up getting 14 carries last week. He played roughly half the snaps. He's touchdown dependent. If he doesn't score, he's going to be a huge bust. Yeah. So I, I am out on Bo Scarborough. Uh, I was hoping that he would be more of like a chalk play. I think his yeah. ownership will rise as the week goes on and people are going to talk themselves into the matchup. But like to me, there's just there's very a very, very low floor. And like I don't see a huge ceiling to go with it. Especially so, the I mean, the the just smash play is Patty Laird, right? <laughs> 3,400. Like he's in, he's going to be in my cash lineup. So I'm I just letting you know now. Up. I did pick him up in a, <laughs> in a deep dynasty league that I play in and I may or may not be starting him this week. Oh, it's happening. Um, I just want to circle back and talk about some of the things that you kind of touched on there. Like yep. Derek Henry to me playing him this week feels a hundred percent like chasing. You know, like, I get that Derrick Henry uh, has been awesome. He is a touchdown machine. There's probably no safer bet in football to to find the end zone on a weekly basis. But, you know, now we're going to play him in a subpar matchup, and his ownership is only going to be inflated because he went off the week prior. Like, to me, that's a perfect fade opportunity. So I love Derrick Henry. He's been one of my guys this year. I'm fine without with fading him. Uh, I would prefer Leonard Fournette on the other side, who is in kind of the opposite situation. You know, like he did not have a good game last week, so his ownership is going to be low. But right. we we know that he is very involved in the passing game, unlike Henry, and he has the upside for you know 20 carries if Jacksonville can keep this game competitive. So I think that he is sort of my preferred target in this range. Uh, I will be going back to the well with Miles Sanders because I always will go to the well with Miles Sanders. (laughs) And I mentioned Brian Hill. I like the volume at that price tag. So I think that that's kind of a uh, 
where where for for cash games at least i think that's a good range of uh of targets who uh anybody else that you're considering for gpps that might be a little bit of like an under the radar play um i think i think jalen samuels will probably be uh will probably be under owned he's what a hundred dollars less than fournette um and just a few hundred dollars less than zeke so i i think that he could make some sense um I wish Kareem Hunt didn't exist because I would play the hell out of Nick Chubb this week. Don't worry about Kareem Hunt. No, nah, the, the passing work is like a concern. I don't care about it. They gave him 27 carries last week, and now they're favored by 11 points. Like if I they don't know, get man. Out, Miami's plucky, though. They, Miami they might, stinks. They've had a couple of good games in no, a row. You got to say plucky. You, they you can't take it away from them. They're plucky. I'm taking it away from them. They stink. Nick Chubb is my favorite GPP play of the week. We haven't projected for 1% ownership right now. Yeah, if that holds, then I'm going to have him in the spy just for everybody to <laughs> for everybody to know. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's got to rise as the week goes on. Like, take away the name and just look at the workload and the Vegas data. And like, how is this not a smash? I don't understand it. So, what if, what if we get a little froggy and just leap into uh, Chubb and and Hunt? No, <laughs> you tried to talk me into this a couple of weeks ago with no, Dalvin I Cook. Didn't. I didn't. You're this right. Not it true. was Steve Buchanan, but you were on yeah. board with it. No, no, I said you could play Madison. I didn't say you could play Madison and uh, and Cook. That I will. I will go down. I will not All go right. down on that. So you only um, had one awful take on that show as opposed to two. I mean, Amir Abdullah scored a goddamn touchdown. Like, what? <laughs> like, that was Madison's touchdown. Like, this is, it's completely absurd. And the fact that Madison is my RB2 in Scott Fishbowl, I was very tilted during that game. <laughs> uh, I do think also if I'm going to play a Detroit back for a tournament, I would go with McKissick. Just because he's going to get the receiving work, which obviously is tremendously more valuable on DraftKings. So what I think if you, McK- what if you play McKissick and Scarborough? <laughs> <laughs> just the full on right, Detroit running back onslaught. I'm just gonna ask you about every oh and you could throw in Ty Johnson in the flex and you could just gobble up all that rushing expected points. Lock in those fifteen DraftKings points. <laughs> all right, let's go to wide receiver. Uh Michael Thomas somehow got cheaper. Uh, I guess it was because his ownership was only 21.5% as opposed to 45%, which it was the week earlier. But he still had roughly 30 DraftKings points. He had 10 targets. He had eight catches. He had 100 plus yards. He had a touchdown. Like, why did his price go down, Jones? Uh, Just making it easy for the donkeys like me to get there, you know? I know it's it's like it's kind of annoying, though, because it's like ninety nine hundred was a decision point like this. That six hundred dollars definitely makes it a little bit easier. Although I did just notice that there's no fifteen hundred dollar defense this week. So, oh no, I I don't know what the hell I'm going to do to be to be totally honest now. Like two thousand. I'd rather just leave it blank to be <laughs> to, to be completely honest. Um <laughs> No, I mean you have to play him. Like if you're if you're just outright fading him, then like it's Matt thirteen Jones on DraftKings. Send the send the head to heads, <laughs> send whatever you want my way because he's just he's just gonna smash every single week. He's had six right, six straight games with at least eleven targets. That's right. And we know that absurd. that a target for him is basically a catch. Right. <laughs> so yeah. Um, my question, I guess, is how do you prioritize him versus McCaffrey versus Kamara? Like, can you jam all three in? I guess it's possible, but your lineup's going to look real ugly. So if you could only go with two, who gets, who gets the cut? Um, I, I think that I'll, I'd probably end up getting rid of Kamara. Um, but I I I don't think the same way. I don't think it's impossible though. So if you lock in those three players, it leaves you with a remainder of roughly thirty seven hundred for your for your other six lineup spots. So you know you could plug in a cheap defense and you could punt it uh, punt tight end with like a three k player, and you're still gonna need to get a little gross. Like you're still gonna need to be looking at you know a five k type of quarterback 
and some some punts at running back and tight. I mean, you've so. you've seen the the cash lineups that I've been running out lately, so you know that I I can get down in the mud with the best of them, <laughs> like Pat Beverly from the mud. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I'm done fading Michael Thomas. I thought last week that he was too expensive compared to guys like Julio uh, and Mike Evans, and the floor is just it's just not the same. Like the Mike Evan, the Michael Thomas floor is just so much better than everybody else's. He has like zero bust in his game. So it's another week where like Julio stands out. He's $1,300 cheaper than Thomas. He has the dream matchup versus the Bucks, And yet I could never, I can't, I can't consider making that swap in a cash game anymore. Like for tournaments. Sure. If you want to do that, that's fine. But like Thomas is just so much more reliable. He is the Christian McCaffrey of wide receivers. Right. All right. Let's uh, let's move down a smidge. We've got the Tampa wide receivers. We've got Julio. We've got Tyler Lockett, and we've got Odell Beckham. They're all priced between seven and eight K this week. Which one of these guys is your favorite, and do you think any of them are cash viable? We do have some injuries to look out for here as well. Tyler Lockett. Uh, is currently listed as questionable, and so is Odell Beckham. I don't think that either guy is really like in a ton of jeopardy of missing, but something now, to keep in mind. Yeah, Lockett's Lockett's still dealing uh, with the the injury from before the bye, and he's they're expecting him to practice tomorrow. Um, and then Beckham is, I think, is just nonsense. I don't think that's anything that we need to worry about. Um, I, I think that they'll probably, that my favorite, like, I'm not going to pay for any of these guys in cash because I I just won't be able to, (laughs) um, they're just too expensive, but I I think probably in tournaments you can, you could do like a, you know, a double stack with Jameis and get both of the Tampa Bay receivers. Um, I wrote that up for, uh, the sharp article this week, but just from like, a I don't know. I just want to play Beckham. Like I just, I just want to do it. I feel like he's like Baker's been making the effort at least to look his way. Um, the the connection there is obviously, uh, I don't know. Subpar would be probably putting it nicely. Like he's had twenty two targets in the last two weeks, and he's had one hundred seventeen uh, receiving yards, which is not, uh, not a, not a good number there. Um, for those of you that don't follow the stats too closely. Um, but like, he's, he's gotta, he's gotta have, uh, like, if he keeps getting this volume, he has to have a good game at some point. Right. You would think, (laughs) you would think, but, uh, you know, (laughs) history suggests that, uh, this season he's only shredded one team and it was my beloved New York Jets back all the way in week two. Yeah. Uh, I mean, the, the obvious answer here is Julio, as far as guys in this price range. Like, GOAT matchup, as I mentioned, against Tampa Bay. They have just hemorrhaged fantasy points to wide receivers this season. So I think you could certainly, like, he's a fine option. He's going to be, you know, high, high, very highly owned. We have him projected for the highest ownership at wide receiver right now, but... Like, if anybody besides Michael Thomas is going to go for 100 and a touchdown this week, I would say that he's probably got the uh, the second greatest chance of doing that. As far as the Tampa guys go, playing them together is interesting because it feels like they haven't produced in the same week this year. Uh, and, you know, looking at the correlations tab here on FanDuel, they are negatively correlated of about uh, 26% in the negative direction. So I'm not saying that they can't both go off together, but I feel like it will be overowned given what we've seen from them this season. Both of them together you think is going to be overowned? I mean, both guys we have projected for a healthy amount of ownership. So I think it's pretty fair to assume that a, you know, certain people will pair them together. Ah, I don't know about. I don't know, man. I that's it's so it, I don't know. I, I don't think that's going to happen. Um, okay. I feel like I think that there's there's probably an argument to be made that a lot of wide receiver, you know, wide receiver 1A, 1Bs probably have uh, not the best correlation necessarily. But I think that the the difference is 
OJ Howard is basically non-existent. Like they're not throwing it to anybody else. Like at some point there's going to be a game where they, where Jameis has four touchdowns and two go to each of them. Like they're not, they're just not throwing it to anybody else. They're like, you know, whoever, whatever scrub they're rolling out gauge or whoever else is going to get, you know, their three or four targets and that's it. Like they they don't really throw to Ronald Jones. Um, they have a little bit lately, but I don't think that that's like a like a thing that they're making an effort to do. I think it's just probably out of necessity because Jameis is just running for his life sometimes. Um, I don't know. I, I I think it'll be I think it'll be lower on than you think. Um, yeah, there's. I mean, double stacks in general, I guess, aren't as popular. Like I I play them a lot because I think it's the easiest way to win a GPP, like you only have to have six things go right for you as opposed to right. eight things go right for you. Um, so I like to double stack and then run it back with somebody on the other team. The one concern that I have is just that it is a pretty expensive stack to pair those two with Winston. Like that's going to hinder your ability to get up to a Christian McCaffrey or uh, somebody in that department at running back. So not to make this the all Tampa Bay segment, but how about my guy Scott Miller? Six no. targets last week. Okay. Woo-hoo. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's uh let's go down another tier. We've got John Brown, sixty seven hundred. Uh we were all over him last week and he did not disappoint. Calvin Ridley also coming off of an excellent game. He's now sixty five hundred. Do you like those guys or is there somebody else in this price range that stands out as a better play to you? Yeah, I mean, I'm interested in both of those guys in in stacks for sure. Um, I think Ridley is obviously pretty good leverage off of Julio. Um, I I think he'll be pretty owned, but it is going to be, you know, he's not going to see the ownership that Julio sees. Um, And then like John Brown is the literal only option to really to stack with uh, with Josh Allen. Um, the, the two guys that sort of jumped out to me in the six K Ranger, DJ Moore, he just continues to see crazy targets. He's had 36 targets over the last three weeks and there are 71 wide receivers that have scored more touchdowns than him this year. So, um, that's kind of, uh, that's kind of absurd and feels like it has to level out, um, you know, sometime before 2020. Uh, and then your, your boy Jameson is, uh, He's gotta. You, you just gotta jam him in. You just gotta figure out a way. Like Darnold and Crowder are are just clicking right now. He's had five straight games with five or more targets. He's had five catches, seventy five yards, and a touchdown at least in each of the past three games. Um, there's there's clearly something there. Yeah, I'm a I'm a little worried that he might be a touch expensive now. Like if he doesn't score, it's gonna be tough for him to return value barring an increase in targets but I do love the matchup obviously against Oakland I think this is the week Mr. Jones this is the week that we finally get the monster Allen Robinson performance it has to happen the Giants they have no chance they have no chance against the big man uh coming off of a uh, a disastrous game last week but it's all about Trubisky. Like, if the offense can not be just a disaster for one week, Robinson is going to smash. And I think that this is the week that it happens because the Giants' defense is an absolute sieve. Uh, I, I hope so. I don't know. My my best ball uh, <laughs> shares definitely hope so, too. I, I mean, he's obviously a great GPP play. Like, <clears throat> he's not going to be owned in this range. Like, they're, the ownership's going to go at the same price probably to Ridley. He's a little bit cheaper than uh, some other guys that people are going to be trying to jam in. So I, I like that call. That works. All right, let's talk value plays. Um, you guys all made fun of me for my love of Devontae Parker the last few weeks, but my man just smashes. Doesn't matter the game script, the dude is involved. Ten targets each of the past two weeks coming off 135 yards. What do we think about him at 5,200? Or is there anybody else, you know, in that 5K, sub 5K range that you think is a stronger play? Um, No, I mean, I think, I think he's fine. Um, 
I'm very curious to to see what happens. Like I I could envision a scenario where like Cleveland is either going to just completely implode, right? Or like somehow come together and act like human beings. I, I don't know if there's really a way to predict which way it goes, but I don't think this is going to be like a close game in either direction. So Parker could definitely get behind the defense and uh, and figure that out. My like my dumb brain, like I can't get around um like I just can't play him for whatever reason. Like I, I just can't do it. Like Tyler Boyd is the ultimate uh squeaky wheel this week at 5K. He was bitching last week about uh about his target share. Rightfully so, by the way. Like the that dude getting three targets when AJ Green is out is just the dumbest thing imaginable. What does like, it matter? They're gonna lose if they give him a hundred targets. Yeah, but <laughs> what does it matter? For us, for him, for everybody that likes watching them pass the ball instead of turning around and giving it to stupid Joe Mixon every five seconds. Um like he's been getting targets all year. Like, I can't wait and for they the suck Phantom all year, Tyler so Boyd different. injury that just ends his season. Nah, he's no, that's not gonna happen. Um Shut him down, Cleve uh Cincinnati. So yeah, I, I I kind of want to get a little bit of exposure to him. Um, obviously, not stacking him. He's just going to be a be a one off here. Um, and then, like, is there any reason in in this world not to play Nikhil Harry this week at thirty three hundred? Um, the answer is no. There's not a single reason not to play him. I, I can think of a reason or two. Okay, give me your reasons, and I'll tell you why you're disgustingly wrong. He has barely played this year. Well, he's been hurt. Like he, understand, he hasn't been I understand. Inactive. That. He's been. But you he think came that from IR. he can just come in and just be the Pats' number one wide receiver? Who else is the? It's Edelman and him now. Sanu's out. Dorsett has a concussion. Like they, there's nobody else there, and he's thirty three hundred dollars. He saw White. four targets last week with all those guys there. Who? James White. Exact. Who? What? It's a it's a very cheap price tag. I'll give you that, but like he played fifty percent of the snaps. They still have Jacoby Myers, who is more integrated into the offense at this point than Harry is. Yeah, like, he's just been smashing. Just no, just but can't you get what I'm can't saying. Stop like, that guy. There is like a <laughs> there is like a legitimate learning curve for Patriots had, wide receivers. Hold on, hold on, hold it's on, hold why, on, Nick. Nikhil Harry had more targets last week than Myers has had in the last three weeks. Stop. I'm Don't give me Jacoby Myers. He has more chemistry with Brady. He has played with him more at this point. This is absurd. Okay. I'll that's see a bad you in the take. lobbies with Nikhil. That's a, that's a bad take. I'll, I'll give you your other arguments maybe, but that was a bad one. My Even DraftKings knows that Myers is garbage. <laughs> Jacoby Myers is not garbage. He's he is the min price and he's been on the team the whole year playing. Like he's not garbage though. Okay. All right, let's uh let's let's so let's let's change gears here. Like a lot of negativity right there. Now I want to tell you guys about the greatest deal that we have ever discussed on this podcast. My bookie for this week only. They're giving you a risk-free bet on the Bears Lions game. We they did this last year and I took advantage. Put down $250, up to $250. You can do less. If you win, congratulations. You won your bet. You've got that extra holiday spending money. If you lose, my bookie is going to reimburse you all of that money. It's literally a no-risk bet up to $250. It's a no-brainer, Jones. Who, t- who says no to this? Nobody. Nobody should. Doesn't matter whether you're an experienced player or a first-time customer, MyBookie welcomes all to come play. So quit waiting around and sign up today. You're also going to get that promo code ROTOVIZ, okay? And that's going to double your deposit dollar for dollar up to $1,000 to jumpstart your bankroll. And that's on top of the risk-free bet. So let me repeat that. Guaranteed deposit match, 100%, up to $1,000. Risk-free bet for the Lions-Bears game up to $250. If you're a football fan, how do you pass that up? Forget that. If you're a fan of money, how do you pass that up? I don't. I just don't see any way not to take advantage. 
Make sure to get on over to MyBookie and take advantage of these awesome promos that they're running right now. MyBookie.ag. You play, you win, and you get paid. I wish I could roster MyBookie at tight end this week because they are just the elite value right now. (laughs) But we can't. So let's talk about some real options. Zach Ertz, Darren Waller, they're the two most expensive players. Uh, 6K for Ertz, 5,700 for Waller. Either of these guys stand out to you this week? I mean, they're they're definitely not sniffing my cash lineup. There's there's a zero percent chance I can get there um, in cash. I mean, I don't know. I guess Ertz has been been good the last couple of weeks. He's had eleven targets and nine catches in both of those games. He hit the bonus a few weeks ago. Um, sure, but I don't know. Like, I, I don't want to pay. I don't want to pay six thousand dollars for a tight end. Like. I ever since I stopped doing that, I've been playing. I've, my lineups have been much better. So um, I'm I'm not overly interested in Ertz. Like I could see playing him uh, in a tournament, but like I said, definitely not cash. For me, and the Ertz thing comes down to their injury status of their wide receivers, right? Like Alshon, I think is expected to play. He has practiced yeah. a little bit this week, but yeah. now Nelson Aguilar is hurt. So if they're going to be... Which is like a blessing, because that dude is just allergic to catching things that are thrown at him. (laughs) Be nice to Nelson. No, Um, he sucks. (laughs) Regardless, he has been getting targets. So if he's out, Ertz and Goddard are both very strong plays, in my opinion. Yeah, no, if they're they're just going to run 12, like, then you, like, they don't have any other options. So that definitely makes sense. Um... I, I don't know. I, I'm kind of over Waller. Yeah, poor Darren Waller. He's now like the second fiddle tight end. Like he still is getting him into the red zone, but it seems like every time a tight end scores down there, it's Foster Moreau. Yeah. Facts and logic. Um, I do think it, it, you know against the Jets, like tough matchup, right? They likely means a lot of Jamal Adams, who is one of the better safeties in the league particularly at covering the tight end position. So yep. uh, I think that this is probably not a spot where I'm looking to buy low on uh, Mr. Waller. Yeah. All right. So let's move down then. So if we're not paying up in cash and it's going to be very tough to, if you're like Jones and you want to jam in McCaffrey, Kamara and Thomas, uh, we no longer have Ryan Griffin. He's up to 4,200. So who's the, who's the well, cheap guy I mean, to target this still- week? We still got him. I mean, we could still. I definitely can't get there for for cash, but I'm definitely going to have some uh, Griffin exposure this week. Um, I don't know. I mean, you you mentioned Goddard 3700. Like, it's kind of. I guess it could be like a Fant week. Ugh, I hate again. those weeks. Um, I mean, I just I'm playing him if Kittle's out and I just know that he's going to go busto. But so why not just why not just go all in in DFS, too? Um, I mean, and then obviously Brate at thirty six hundred. Right. Um, I think makes makes quite a bit of sense. I don't know how much ownership he'll see. Do you have uh, the projection? Five to eight we have him projected for right now. Yeah. So I I mean, if that if it stays like that, I think that that's uh, that's pretty low owned for for the amount of targets that he could see like oj howard was benched last week after the uh harlem globetrotter interception that he what a disaster just just the worst um yeah i don't know i I like there there's not any of those like 2900 2700 dollar guys that are really jumping out to me this week do you have anybody that's like super cheap no uh i will say that Two guys that have kind of stood out to me. Gerald Everett now down to 3,500. I'll be honest, I didn't watch that game against Chicago, but he only played 14 snaps. I don't know if that was due more to like injury or they're just going in a different direction, but he had been really good in the six weeks prior to that. So I'm, I'm thinking that was more injury related than anything else, which could make this a nice little buy low opportunity. And I will never quit Mike Gesicki. So I know he hasn't been great the past two weeks, but he has gotten yeah. six six targets in each game. And now he has a pretty good matchup against Cleveland, who has struggled against tight ends for most of the year. 
So I think those two guys in that price range, you could even throw TJ Hawkinson in there at 3,400. He's oh been a little <laughs> you know, he's had at least Why? six targets two of the past three weeks, and he's a future Hall of Famer. Oh my god. So bad. Well, I don't know why. Like, why do people love this dude so much? I don't get it. <sighs> Sorry, Jones. I just I gotta give the people what they want, and they're here. I mean, for, they're here for takes about Mike Gusecki and T.J. Hawkinson. T.J. Hawkinson hasn't had a double-digit DraftKings game since September. <laughs> like, that's a super low bar. Like, just double digits. That's all yeah, I'm asking. But, but Washington now. Oh my god, I can't I can't with this guy. I just I need him to go away. Alright, well, enjoy next year then when he's a friggin' beast. Um let's talk some GPP options. Anybody that you're considering as like a contrarian GPP target. My my question is what's what are people gonna do with Ross Smelly Dwelly this week? Like are they gonna I mean, play are they gonna play him? You you gotta know. I mean if Kittle's out they're, it's very clear that they. I mean, he's obviously not the same as. He had fourteen uh, as yards Kittle. last week. He, he what? just happened to score twice, but he had fourteen yards. Yeah, but like, I mean, you're talking about Hawkinson. How many yards has he had lately? <laughs> okay, I don't know. Fair, fair he's, point. He's still yeah. Hawkinson had six yards last week. By the way, in case you were wondering. <laughs> um, no, I mean, I he's definitely in play. Like they're. They're still they're not going to completely go away from using the tight end, even if Kittle isn't there. And even if uh, if Dwelly has to use like a calendar to time his 40, that dude is like one of the least athletic people in the history of the NFL, I think. Sounds and I like don't know that play it's at 40, really that close. <laughs> Wait, I got I got to look it up, too, because it's it's actually absurd. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I pretty much mentioned any of the guys that I'm considering already. I'll add in Vance. Vance will make him dance McDonald. Seven targets in each of the past three weeks. Is there like a play that I could say that you're not going to be mean to me today? I'm, I just hate all the tight ends. You're just being very mean. I, I just said, I said you were. Point me out the $3,400 tight end on this slate. Who's like an absolute smash. I said, we already said Gasecki that I agreed with you on like less than 15 seconds ago. All right, Dory, like don't forget everything. All right, let's uh, let's wrap it up with defenses. <laughs> let's just keep it. There's nobody under 2K this week, Jones. So what the hell are you going to do at the position? I mean, what I guess it's is it Miami at 2K? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So there you go. Um, wait, Dwelly just barely broke five seconds in his 40 goodness that's absurd um yeah no i i mean realistically i think that you could um like i'm definitely not paying up over i think you could i think you could do denver maybe um at 2400 i think you could play i don't know what are your thoughts about cincy against uh against pittsburgh yeah why not (laughs) you know like uh, Pittsburgh's offense doesn't scare me at all. Uh, you're not going to get a ton of mistakes more than likely from Mason Rudolph because he's just a check, check down machine, yeah. but you're also not going to get hemorrhaged by like a 30 point outing against you. So right. I think that they're, and they're pretty solid, like floor option. They played, they played pretty well last week against Oakland. Like the defense really, uh, really kept them in the game. Um, against Oakland had had three sacks forced to fumble had a pick um I don't know I like I said like the, that's just like that's dirt cheap and I think it makes sense is is there any defense that's going to just be like the like absolute chalk this week uh, according to the uh the labs projections labs has Denver as the highest projected owned at the moment which makes okay. sense because they're yeah. cheap and they have a decent matchup people are going to over roster Atlanta too yeah, I mean they're thirty five hundred now. Yeah, I but mean, it's James. I know they're paying. They're playing Jameis, but like, uh, yeah, that seems crazy to me. They were fifteen hundred a couple of weeks ago, and now they're thirty five hundred. People, people love chasing the like these. De- like they had four picks and a touchdown last week. There, people are gonna see that and be like, "Oh, well, I gotta, I gotta find that fifteen hundred and not play Miami." And, well, that makes and them the that. easiest fade to me. Uh, what do you think? I, I kind of think Dallas might be interesting if you want to completely like go with a 1% type defense that's cheap. You know, Tom Brady 
has looked pretty old these past couple weeks. And we know Dallas does have a decent pass rush. So I think they might have some upside in this matchup. Yeah, I think that makes sense. Um, yeah, and the 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 Patriots offensive line is just dreadful right now. So, um, yeah, they've had multiple sacks in like all but three games this year. So I like it. All right. I think that's going to do it for this episode. Uh, I know we promised you a guest last week. We had the reschedule, but I believe we will have a guest on next week and it should be a good one. So make sure to tune in. Uh, for Matt Jones, who you can find on Twitter, at Matt Jones TFR. I'm Matt LaMarca, at Matt LaMarca. Thanks for tuning in. Thank you for listening to On The Daily, the Road of His Daily fantasy sports podcast powered by Road of His Radio. And special thanks to Randy E. Aguapo for the introduction. Please review the podcast on iTunes under the established Road of His Radio feed. Contact us via email on the daily DFS at gmail.com and follow us on Twitter at on the daily DFS. Sugar Ray Leonard, Roberto Duran, Marvelous Marvin Hagler, and Thomas Hearns. Legends, whose four way rivalry defined one of the greatest eras in boxing history. Relive their decade of dominance in the new Showtime sports documentary, The Kings, a four-part series premiering Sunday, June 6th, only on Showtime.